Hello and welcome to Beautifully Balanced. Health and happiness aren't found in a bottle of prescription pills or with any fad diet. Instead, we can activate your body's natural ability to heal itself. And that is exactly what we're going to do together here. I'm Sarah Teeple, a women's integrative health practitioner, and I blend the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda with the modern science of functional medicine to help you heal your gut, rebalance your hormones, and calm anxiety naturally. Here I'll teach you the smart, sustainable, personalized, and fun way to use nutrition, herbs, and healthy lifestyle to feel vibrant, energized, and beautiful inside and out. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to Beautifully Balanced. Before we dive into part two of our hormone tips, I want to tell you about a special opportunity that I have coming up. So, so many clients love my three-month Beautifully Balanced program, but so many people also tell me, I'm not ready for a whole three-month program, but I would love to still work with you. So for those of you who fall in that boat, I created a special opportunity just for you. It is called Gut Health Month, and it starts in March. During Gut Health Month, I am going to walk you step-by-step through a four-week gut healing process where we're going to learn simple foods and drinks to heal your gut, to solve heartburn, constipation, IBS-type symptoms, bloating. We're going to solve these for good by helping you truly understand how your digestion works using both Ayurveda and functional medicine. So modern science and ancient wisdom, blending them together so you can get to know your body, solve these symptoms for good, be feeling great and energized in your body. So I hope you are all going to join me. It's going to be wonderful. And if you're interested, all you need to do is just go to my website, sarateeple.com, and sign up for my free hormone freebie, which will then will give you amazing hormone uh, free information, but will also put you on my email list so you will be the first to know when you can sign up for Gut Health Month. It's coming right up, so let's all do this together. It's going to be so great, and I can't wait for you to join me for this special opportunity. Hello and welcome to Beautifully Balanced. Today is the second half of a two-part episode called My Four Hormone Tips. And if you haven't already listened to episode 27, that was tip number one and tip number two. And I'm going to start this episode by laying a little bit of a foundation, a little bit of groundwork before we jump into tips number three and four. Now, if you haven't listened to episode 27, that's totally okay. You can absolutely jump in here with episode 28, but you will want to go back and get those first two hormone tips. And as I said, I first want to lay a little bit of groundwork here. I wanted to do this episode because as women in our culture and with our doctors, we're so often dismissed or told that our hormonal symptoms, our pain, discomfort, fertility struggles, mood and energy fluctuations, weight gain, we're told that this is all normal, that it's no big deal, that we just need to buck up. Basically, we are disempowered 
disenfranchised and kind of ignored around our hormones. Not to mention that as young girls growing up in school, we're not really taught about this, or at least back in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up, there was certainly not much education around our hormones and how they really affect our daily lives. Um, We were lucky enough, I'm kind of air quoting lucky, (laughs) we were lucky enough to have some sex education. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we did have that, you know, as far as how the penis and the vagina work and how babies are made. But, you know, as women, we really were not taught much about our menstrual cycles, much about symptoms that can be related to hormone dysregulation. We weren't taught to take care of our bodies and take care of our hormones on a deep holistic level. So, That's what we're doing today here together. We're empowering ourselves. And I want to start off with that our hormones, our sex hormones, that is, do not exist in a vacuum. So a little more on that here. Today in our hormonal deep dive episode, our four hormone tips, I want to establish a foundational concept. And that concept is that your sex hormones more commonly known and thought of as your estrogen and progesterone, they do not exist in a vacuum. I have so many clients who come to me with painful periods, with fertility issues, maybe they're at the beginning of what feels like it's going to be a long and daunting perimenopause and they're already experiencing lots of symptoms that they don't like and they just want to get rid of and they think, oh, how can I address my estrogen and progesterone? How do I get rid of these hormonal symptoms? So the good and the bad news is that it's not as simple as that. Hormones and our sex hormones do not exist in a vacuum. So I'm going to lay out for you how there are many different types of hormones and how these hormones can work together, but they're often working against each other, kind of as a result of lots of factors. All the factors that I mentioned in the introduction, it could be poor diet, work, or marriage stress, you know, toxic self-talk, beauty and self-care products that have toxic ingredients. So lots of things can play into what results as issues with your estrogen and progesterone, but it's more complex. So, and again, I'm going to tell you how this can actually be good news. It's going to be a big relief, but first I want to tell you a little bit about these hormones. So of course, we've got our female sex hormones, our estrogen and progesterone, and we all know what those are responsible for. Um, But if you want to deep dive into those a little bit more, I recommend a resource, um, Dr. Aviva Ram and her book, Hormone Intelligence. So wonderful. I love Dr. Ram. So we've got our female sex hormones. We've also got our androgens. Those are known as our male sex hormones, and even us females have those, uh, hormones like testosterone. Then we've got our glucocorticoids. So these are known as more of our energy or stress hormones, things like cortisol and adrenaline. And these hormones are often pretty vilified, right? We think of cortisol as this villain that is working against us. It's making us gain weight around our middle. It's making us overwhelmed and stressed and just high strung and not enjoying our life. But we need those glucocorticoids. Those are also our energy hormones. We just want our energy hormones and all our hormones to be produced in our body at the right levels, at the right times. And we also need to make sure our body is metabolizing excess amounts or unused amounts of those hormones. So 
Finally, the last group of hormones I'm going to talk about are metabolic hormones. So these are things like insulin that control your blood sugar. And this hormone is important not just if you're diabetic, but to all of us um, because unregulated blood sugar often really drives those stress hormones. And those stress hormones can, when unchecked for long periods of time, wreak havoc on our sex hormones. So I'm starting to kind of illustrate how this is a process. It's sometimes called the hormone cascade, how different hormones affect one another. Another one of our metabolic hormones that's really important and we don't talk about or haven't learned about um, very often is called ghrelin, and that's a hunger and satiety hormone. So these hormones, I like to think of the metabolic hormones and the glucocorticoids as kind of these upstream hormones. They're affected by, you know, stimuli in our lives. Again, those stresses that I talked about, the foods that we eat, those really greatly affect our glucocorticoids and our metabolic hormones. Then there's the downstream effect of those sex hormones. So unlike we've learned, or maybe we really haven't learned at all, you know, unfortunately, about our hormones as women. Um, but those sex hormones are really sort of the downstream, the result of what is happening with those upstream hormones. So you can kind of see how these ladies coming to me saying, oh my God, you know, I'm having these painful periods. I'm having this brutal perimenopause. How it's not just a matter of saying, oh, here's a pill for that. Here's an herb for that. Now, there are some amazing herbs and nutrition that can be transformative and really, really help. But we've got to look at your body as an entire ecosystem that, uh, you know, has lots of different factors, lots of different little organisms going on in the big ecosystem, almost like your body's like a beautiful forest with lots of flora and fauna. Um, and we want all these flora and fauna of your body and your hormones to be living in a symbiotic relationship, meaning these hormones are helping out one another. So in Ayurveda, the Indian system of medicine that I use to help clients, Ayurveda talks about your sex hormones being what they call the last level of tissue nourishment. Now in Sanskrit, the language of Ayurveda is called artavadatu, and it means the female reproductive tissues and related chemicals. But these are known to be the last level of tissue nourishment. And what that means is that all of our other tissues inform and affect how healthy our reproductive tissues and hormones are. So our, our blood, our lymph tissue, um, how healthy your skin and bone tissue, you know, all of this affects your sex hormones. So this might sound daunting, like, oh my God, these are all related. Now I have to address all of these things. <laughs> but have faith. You can be happy and hopeful about this actually, because it's actually the opposite. As we heal the upstream issues, as we address the glucocorticoid stress hormones, as we address the metabolic issues, the sex hormones rebalance themselves. Good news, right? Yes, but it does take a little time. So how do we do it? How do we essentially get out of our body's way so our hormones can rebalance themselves? We're going to jump in here with tips three and four of our top four hormone health tips. So tip number three is prioritize blood sugar balance. 
when our blood sugar is constantly fluctuating, going from high to low, rising and falling, we're not eating regularly, we're eating too many processed carbohydrates, kind of junky snacky foods, sweets, baked goods, too much coffee, that makes our blood sugar go up and down and that affects our cortisol or our stress hormones. And remember, we talked about how it's all a hormone cascade. When our stress hormones are out of control, our sex hormones are going to suffer. Not to mention that other hormone, the ghrelin, the appetite and satiety related hormone, um, blood sugar instability really, really affects your ghrelin, which can lead you to overeat, which can lead you to gain weight, which can create an issue of excess estrogen, unhealthy estrogen, uh, bad estrogen metabolism, which can contribute to lots of different issues, um, you know, more painful periods, fertility issues, PCOS, and even things like estrogen-dependent cancers. So kind of trying to illustrate how it's all connected here, but prioritizing blood sugar balance, this can be simple. And here's some things that we can do to prioritize your blood sugar balance. They can be simple and delicious. So number one is incorporating more protein. High quality animal protein is a really good choice for women. When we're doing animal protein, we always want to make sure that it is top quality, that it's organic, that it's ethically sourced. Um, so things like pasture-raised eggs, things like um, pasture-raised chicken. We get our um, whole chickens from Rainbow Blossom, a really great natural food store here in Louisville, Kentucky. And they're from an Amish farm and we buy the whole chickens. And I will say my husband takes care of cooking those. Um, I... I'm a little bit squeamish sometimes when it comes to cooking meat. I was vegetarian and vegan for a really long time, about 14 years, and it was not serving my blood sugar stability or my hormones. I was overweight. I had really painful periods, crazy mood swings, skin issues, lots of things. Um, so prioritizing blood sugar balance with more protein. That is something that I should have done then, but I am doing now. Um, if you are plant-based, you can also do, or even if you are an omnivore and you do eat you know, some animal food and some plants, you can also do more beans. So all of your wonderful beans, chickpeas, black beans, navy beans, all the different lentils. Um, we like split red lentils a lot. In Ayurveda, they're known as split mung dal, and they're one of the main ingredients in the quintessential Ayurvedic dish called kitchari, which is a lentil and rice dish. I will say as a person who's blood type O, um, if you're a blood type O as well, O negative or O positive, you might need more animal protein in your diet. Um, that was one of the reasons why vegetarianism and veganism did not work well for me, although I didn't know it at the time, um, but it was causing some major blood sugar instability. And once I started eating some wild caught fish, um, some wild caught salmon, some chicken, more eggs, even some grass-fed beef. Type O's, our bodies love beef, um, but we definitely try to buy it very sustainably and locally sourced from a, actually from a great farm called Fox Hollow right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Once I started eating more of this animal protein, the blood sugar stabilized. I reached an ideal weight pretty effortlessly. I didn't know why I was always carrying around um, 10 to 20 extra pounds that just kind of felt like water or inflammation. 
weight. Um, and it essentially was kind of blood sugar inflammation weight. So I'm not advocating that you prioritize blood sugar balance or eat more protein just to lose weight. But if you're carrying around some extra weight, having hormonal issues, feel like there's inflammation in your body, more protein and high quality protein, like certain animal protein, beans, nuts, seeds, nut butters, uh, those can just be wonderful. Hemp seeds are also one of my favorite sources of vegetarian protein. They tend to be more easily digestible than nuts, um, which for some people, nuts are very hard to digest. Um, they have a lot of fat, which is not bad for the body at all, but your body needs to produce a certain amount of a digestive enzyme called lipase in order to be able to digest that amount of, of kind of very compact, hard fat, you know, like in a hard nut. Um, but hemp seeds tend to be even easier to digest and they're super high in calcium too, which is great for women. We like to sprinkle them on things, on soups, stews, quinoa. We call them sprinkles to our kids and they get excited about them and they are mighty tasty. So number one food or thing to do to prioritize your blood sugar balance, eat more protein, lady. Your body will thank you. Eat more healthy fat. Number two, mm, this conversation is making me hungry. <laughs> Some of the favorite wonderful healthy fats are things like nuts, seeds, avocado, extra virgin olive oil, always get organic, always make sure it's um, well-sourced. Look for something on the label that says PDO, protected destination origin. Um, otherwise, you could be getting a lower quality product. And actually, surprisingly, there's a lot of fraud in the olive oil industry. How random and, you know, disappointing is that? But, um, you know, quality of food is of the utmost importance. And so I want to educate you about how to choose the most high quality things. So yum, more healthy fats. And those nuts could be almonds, cashews, um, macadamia nuts, walnuts and pecans are so wonderful. Walnuts are really high in omega-3s, the super uh, anti-inflammatory compound. So that's a really great choice. And if you're like me and have a little trouble digesting nuts, you can go for nut butters or something like hemp seeds. Um, those could be a little more digestible for you. And I think, and you know, this might apply to you too. Uh, so I'll tell you about my experience here. I think that I started having issues digesting nuts because I was overeating nuts. Um, this is back when I wasn't eating my three meals a day of real food. Um, you know, I wasn't eating enough protein, whole grains, vegetables, sit-down meals. I was instead always eating on the go and it was always some form of like protein bar and nuts. So just really hard to digest things. And I was kind of overeating that and undereating other things. So make sure to choose some fats that you know agree with your beautiful body. Avocado, extra virgin olive oil, um, ghee is of course a prized healthy fat in Ayurveda. Ghee is a clarified butter. Make sure to buy organic from happy grass-fed cows. Um, ghee is super easy to digest. It's wonderfully anti-inflammatory. You can use it anywhere you would use butter. So in cooking, in baking, um, in sauteing, you can top things with ghee. Um, and even if you're lactose 
intolerant or dairy sensitive, you can still enjoy ghee. And that is because the way they cook ghee, the way they process it, what makes it different than regular butter is that it is slow cooked until all of the hard to digest constituents, namely the lactose and the casein protein kind of separate from the essential fatty acids. So they skim those hard to digest parts off. And then you're just left with the ghee, which is just the beautiful kind of clear golden essential fatty acids. It does solidify at room temp, but it never gets like really hard like butter. Um, And when you buy your ghee, you can just store it out at room temp. If you're going to take any longer than about a month to finish off your jar, you will want to throw it in the fridge. But ghee is just wonderful. That's one of my favorite healthy fats. Uh, Coconut oil, we like organic unrefined coconut oil. But if you don't like that slight coconut flavor, you'll want to buy refined and that's okay. Um, That is just as healthy of a fat, but it just doesn't have that coconut flavor. So those are our delicious healthy fats and aim for a couple teaspoons with every meal and snack. Um, Again, take your digestion into consideration. Some people have a harder time digesting fats. Like if you've had your gallbladder removed, you certainly will want to moderate your fats and make sure that you're only choosing the healthiest ones, not like deep fried foods or hydrogenated fats like are found in a lot of like um, baked goods and snacky processed foods. So number one, for blood sugar balance, more protein. Number two, more healthy fat. Number three, replace sugar and processed carbohydrates, things like crackers, bread, pretzels. Um, Replace those with whole grains. And when I say whole grains, I don't mean like your Quaker or your Cheerios that says made with whole grains. I mean an actual whole grain. Uh, quinoa is definitely number one for blood sugar balance. So quinoa is um, a little tiny grain. It grows in the Andes Mountains. Sometimes it's called a pseudo seed because um, I guess it's not quite a grain. They're really little, little seeds or little grains and always buy organic. But quinoa is wonderful because it has much more fiber and protein than another grain like rice might have. It even has more fiber than brown rice which brown rice has more fiber than white rice. (laughs) But quinoa is definitely numero uno because it packs a protein punch. Um, So sometimes I'll do like a little breakfast. I pretty much always have eggs and the same sourdough gluten-free toast for breakfast. But if I do something else, I'll use some leftover quinoa and make almost like an oatmeal bowl but do it with quinoa instead of oats because quinoa has that extra protein. Now for my blood sugar balance as a type O blood type and as a person who used to have very imbalanced blood sugar, if I was doing that quinoa bowl for breakfast, I would still want to have some extra protein, maybe even um, a hard boiled egg on the side. Um, But if you're going to choose, you know, for your healthy carbohydrates, Veggie carbohydrates are always wonderful and number one, but then for your whole grains, choose actual whole grains, not processed carbs. Quinoa is number one. Um, I would say that other things like amaranth, millet, oats, 
brown rice, wild rice, even some basmati or white rice can be fine as well. But experiment with quinoa if you haven't before. If you do make quinoa, make sure to rinse it well. So get out your fine mesh strainer, or if you don't have one, buy a fine mesh strainer and rinse that quinoa under hot water. What you're going to see is little bubbles come up, and those bubbles are actually a chemical called saponins that are a pesticide, like a naturally occurring pesticide that the quinoa produces to protect it from being eaten by bugs. But that sapin and that pesticide is also hard on human tummies. So we want to wash it away. Otherwise that quinoa can bloat us. Um, So our last tip around balancing blood sugar is to honor your three sit-down meals a day. So spoiler alert, if you didn't watch the uh, or listen to the first part of this episode, part of tip number two was to eat on a schedule, eating three meals a day. And this also plays into our tip number three, honoring your three sit-down meals a day in order to prioritize blood sugar balance. We can't have balanced blood sugar if we're not having balanced, regularly timed meals. So find a way to fit it into your day. You know, I am a busy mom, booming business owner, but I still find at least 10 minutes to sit down and eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you can do the same. If you're not doing it now, just get curious about it and experiment with how you might be able to do that. Your hormones will thank you. So number four of our top four hormone tips for happy, healthy hormones, a happy, healthy, beautifully balanced you. And this tip number four, I think is the most important and it can be the most challenging sometimes too. So tip number four is mind yourself talk. So do you criticize your own every move, every decision, every food choice? If you do, you have, you know, slightly negative, slightly toxic self-talk. And we all experience that sometimes, some of us more frequently than others. For some of us, because of, of lots of issues throughout our life, it can kind of be a way of life, a way of operating through your entire day. And the thing is about that, well, first off, is that you deserve better. You are a beautiful, worthy human being, and you deserve better. And that negative self-talk is not the voice of truth. That negative self-talk is just like a deeply conditioned neural pathway. Your brain is just used to going there. The problem is, and the way it adversely affects your hormones, is that your nervous system hears those harsh words and it puts your body in stress mode, in fight or flight. It gets those glucocorticoids, that cortisol and adrenaline. It just gets them going. And as we know, our stress hormones directly impact our sex hormones. So this is your permission to try to ditch that perfectionism and instead ease up on yourself. So several times a day, I like to sometimes even like literally pretend like I'm pressing a reset button and shift my focus towards what's easy, what's fun, what's going well for me, or even just what I'm doing well, like give myself a little a little moment of props, pat myself on the back, give myself a hug, look at myself in the mirror and say something kind. Try to be as loving with yourself as you would with a girlfriend in need. I think of my sister Amy and one of my best friends, Abra, and I think of how deeply I love them and how just 
effing phenomenal I think they are. But you know, they're human. I'm sure they even have some negative self-talk here and there. And so when they come to me with something like that, I just want to say, you are so amazing. I freaking love you so much. But how often do we say something like that to ourselves? Often, it's not very often, unfortunately. So this is a little trick I like to implement. I think it's really funny and it really works for me. So maybe it'll work for you. So when my negative self-talk comes up, I shift it by asking, what would Jonathan from the show Queer Eye say to me right now? So if you've never seen the show Queer Eye, first off, you're missing out. It is a feel-good, fun, amazing show. Um, but Jonathan is this character or I mean, he's he's a person. He's not a character. This is like a real life show with real people. But Jonathan's role in the show is to help people with their self-care. So help them with their grooming, but kind of all elements of self-care and even kind of in their self-talk. And Jonathan is kind of famous for saying things like, you are so amazing. Oh my God, you're so fierce. Like, his whole interaction with the contestants or, you know, like the the people that are on Queer Eye getting the royal treatment, getting made over, is he just tells them how gorge, aka gorgeous, and fabulous they are. So when I ask myself, okay, deep breath, reset, what would Jonathan from Queer Eye say to me right now? And sometimes I even imagine him sitting on my shoulder, like the little angel on my shoulder. So he would usually say something about just how gorge and amazing I am. And that makes me smile and laugh and shifts my nervous system and my hormones from fight or flight cortisol to calm and safe and even a little funny. So things, these these beautiful feel-good hormones like serotonin, oxytocin, dopamine, we can give ourselves that gift of shifting our hormones and neurotransmitters. It just takes interrupting that sometimes very vicious cycle of negative self-talk. So these are our four hormone tips. I hope that you've enjoyed them. I hope that they've empowered you to better understand your body, your hormones, how that whole big, beautiful cascade works. And if it's not working for you right now, I hope this has empowered you to understand where you can kind of interrupt that feedback cycle, even with little things, prioritizing that blood sugar balance, minding your self-talk, sleeping and eating on a schedule, watching that alcohol and caffeine. So these little things that we do can really add up and make a difference. And you don't have to do them all at once. Choose the one thing that has really resonated with you from this episode and or from episode 27, the one before, and try incorporating them into your day you're going to feel a lot better and you're going to be doing your body and your hormones a huge favor. Okay. I love you for being here. I love you for being you. Thank you so much. And I will see you next week. Thank you for being here with me today. Remember, you can feel your best naturally. Just try one new thing a week that you learn here and watch your body and life transform. And if you're ready to take this to the next level, learn your dosha, get your personalized holistic plan, and live beautifully balanced, you've got to come see me at sarateeple.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-T-E-E-P-L-E.com. 
There you can learn about how to work with me one-on-one -on -one or book a free holistic chat and just tell me what you're working on. I love to hear from you and help you live your best life. So until next time, be well. Oh, and if you love this conversation, please rate and review our podcast. That really helps more people find natural healthcare options. Thanks again and see you soon. Thank you.